Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, we're back. Julie, it is October the 18th. Yes, indeed. Hey, I didn't ask you, what are we going to be for Halloween this year? <laughs> uh, well, the current plan is uh, you're going to be Han Solo. I'm going to be Princess Leia, and Zoe is going to either be uh, an Ewok, Ray, or, or an Ewok, <laughs> or possibly Baby Yoda, depending on what actually gets delivered from Amazon. Oh, boy. So we'll see. And she really wants to be Hermione again, and she's got the hair for it. So no, Zoe is we'll an see. Ewok would be hilarious. Definitely. Did you really order an Ewok right. costume? I have one in the cart, but yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, she's about the right size. Yes. About the right you know, fuzziness. Do you remember that video you took of her when she was like two and you played that music from the Star Wars bar? Oh my gosh, that's do, hilarious. Do, 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 do. I need to dig that out. And, and, and she Instagram. started dancing in her diaper in the rain. Like, it just came naturally to <laughs> And she her. danced like they danced so in the movie. Funny. It was funny. Hey, you know what? This is Girls Take Coaching Radio. Yes. And it is Monday. <laughs> it is Monday. That's right. And we are going to talk about something that we're seeing um, a uh, surge of articles about a foreclosure surge, which is not going to happen. <laughs> and so Julie and I are going to go through. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to stop listening now, total of three minutes into the podcast, we've just basically told you how we're going to uh, wrap up today. But the moral of the story is, is that there is no foreclosure, meaningful foreclosure surge or problem that's going to happen. Um, and we've had a lot of conversations from people that are operating on faulty or biased information about what's happening next in housing. And so this was actually something we've talked about before, but we've noticed that there's a lot of people. And by people, I mean uh, people that are trying to sell realtors information about how they better be preparing for some sort of you know, housing crash 2.0 kind of Mickey Mouse We've seen the resurgence of all these sort of, you know, fake expert designations telling people how they can become REO agents and all the rest of it. So all this stuff is kind of making a cyclical return. And unfortunately, it's being sold to agents that aren't getting a real, uh, I think, 360 degree perspective on the facts about the information. And because they weren't in the industry uh, back in 07, 08, 09, when there was a housing crash, they have absolutely no basis for understanding of whether or not they can uh, perceive the information, uh, discern the information as being factual or essentially biased for the sake of separating them from their credit card number. This is true. And also, it's not entirely their fault because if you just scan headlines, it would be easy to believe that there was a foreclosure cliff that was coming for you. Speaking of which, we have a headline (laughs) just like that from CNBC, and this was just from the other day. And I'm going to read it to you guys, and then we're going to go through the facts. And I want you to keep this information because the problem is, is if you start operating like tomorrow is going to be worse than today or the market is going to change or there's going to be some kind of – There's a big crash coming. Exactly. Alien apocalypse, zombie, you know, what have you. The problem is, is if you start thinking like that, you're going to make some sort of future pain a reality of yours because you're not going to be doing what's necessary today to ensure that tomorrow is not better than today. You guys get it? If you honestly believe, even at a tiny bit of a, a level, that tomorrow is not going to be by tomorrow, I mean literally tomorrow, but also next year, the following year, if you don't believe that it's going it, that uh, you know your life is not going to be better, your opportunities aren't going to be better, you'll actually start doing less to make to essentially ensure that things will be better 
But what you'll actually start doing is things that will make it so that things will be worse. You're going to start developing your own confirmation bias. You're going to start surrounding yourself with other people that believe the same thing. You're going to make your future darker than it otherwise maybe had a chance of being, right? I mean, maybe you would have had some bad days in the future. Obviously, you will. But by believing that there's going to be some sort of uh, you know, housing problem of a, a proportion like a lot of people are trying to sell to you, you will uh, start checking out. You're not going to learn how to be a listing agent. You're not going to learn the skills necessary. You're going to be thinking that somehow why should you invest yourself in the real estate industry if somehow there's going to be a big, you know, storm clouds on the horizon kind of thing. Yeah, and, and even worse, you're making all those decisions based on non-facts. Yep. And once you're, you, once you're in the habit of that, you can really get stuck in it without even realizing. And then other important decisions in your life are also tainted by, you know, only reading the headline and not really drilling down on what the facts are. It, a lot of this stuff, guys, is written just for the sake. And again, we're looking at the CNBC article that's right in front of me. Foreclosures are surging now that COVID mortgage bailouts are ending, comma, but they're still at low levels. Okay, now, but here's here's the little sub points. And if you guys have noticed, all articles, we do this too on our blog, but all articles usually start with three summary points. And here's the reason why, because they know nobody's going to read past the three summary points. We've tracked that on our own website. You guys do the same thing. So the first summary point is pandemic-related mortgage bailouts are ending and foreclosures are now rising. Second summary point, key points, they say. Foreclosure starts jump 32%. Whoa, that sounds like sounds a lot. Sounds huge, doesn't it? It does. In the third quarter from this year, in the second quarter, we're 67% higher than the third quarter of 2020. And the third key point, a foreclosure number should uh, should stay relatively low because of aggressive modifications by lenders, also because of high levels of home equity. Well, that kind of basically- Yeah, that's okay. That, that last that point- factual. Kind of discredits the first two points, but here we are talking about it. And I remember, know. foreclosures are surging now that COVID mortgage bailouts are ending. You guys see how this is basically hype? Yes, yeah, so let's drill down on this a little bit and see what's actually going on here. Foreclosures are starting to surge. There's another one of those little trigger words. As government and private sector programs designed to help homeowners deal with economic fallout of C-19 pandemic have begun to expire. Okay, well, they've begun to expire. That's all true. Mortgage lenders began the foreclosure process on, look at these numbers, and we're going to define that these really are not big numbers. But mortgage lenders began the foreclosure process on 25,209 properties in the third quarter, a 32% increase from the second quarter. On a year-over-year basis, it's a 67% increase. Boy, that sounds hellacious, doesn't it? from the third quarter of 2020, according to Adam, which is a mortgage data firm. Now, what does all this mean? While the increases in foreclosures are dramatic, I would have written that a different way, sound dramatic, yeah. they are coming off extreme lows that were created by the forbearance programs. Well, how about this? There were no foreclosure activities. There were no rent moratorium that comes activities. Up later. Okay, yes. I don't mean to jump no, on you. That's okay, paragraph. but that's true. I mean, so really what we're talking about when you read this stuff is compared to what? right? 67% increase compared to what? The third quarter of 2020, which to your point, there was virtually no foreclosure activity because that was the height of the forbearance. The court stopped it. You literally couldn't do it if you wanted to. Now, while the increases in foreclosures sound dramatic, they're coming off extreme lows. New foreclosures, which are referred to as starts, usually number around, and this is an important uh, paragraph here, usually number around 40,000 per month. They fell to as low as three or 4,000 in the first year of the pandemic when forbearance programs were in full force. Okay, 
So for those of you who don't know, the forbearance programs, private sector but relief. Let's, let's preface this. Yeah. They 40000 per month. And the next sentence is they fell as low as three to 4000 in the first year. Year. Okay, year. So before we were comparing a monthly statistic. And now we slipped into the year. And guys, do you guys see how this is just, I mean, honestly, this is just either really poorly written or it's written to basically. Drama. Drama. That's what it is. So before they were talking about 40000 a month, which they're saying is the usual number pre-pandemic. And now they're saying if it fell to low as three to 4,000 for, for 12 months, basically. So you don't think that when the numbers start to increase back to their normal levels, you don't think that's going to show dramatic increases in our percentage? That's 67%, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So uh, just so that we're also keeping their education healthy here, the government and private sector relief programs, these are the forbearances. They allowed borrowers with financial difficulties to delay their monthly payments for up to 18 months. The missed payments could then be tacked on to the end of the loan period or be repaid when the home was either sold or mortgage refinanced. Now, I have to say a couple of things here. One is many of our listeners took advantage of that. So if you were in forbearance. Because we begged for them to exactly. back in late spring, and early summer of 2000 and what was it, 19, 2020? 2020, 2020 yeah. Yes. Okay. So some of you listening, that was your situation. And you are coming off of forbearance if you haven't already. I'm already hearing this from coaching clients for themselves, as well as our, my second point, which is many of your prospects and clients are also coming off of forbearance, and many of them are wanting to do, look at this last sentence here, the missed payments could be tacked on to the end of the loan period or repaid when the home was sold or the mortgage was refinanced. Okay, so, so if you're selling listings that are coming out of forbearance, you do have to make sure you have accurate payoff statements. That's true, but I'm going to preface this as well. I did receive from... Um, Michelle McClintock, actually. Yes. She's sending me the new uh, rounds of all these people that are marketing, mm, yes. you know, all this uh, information to agents who are frankly, you know, it's mostly bad information. But they're saying that essentially all these people that are coming off mortgage forbearances, they say in their marketing material, they're lying. Mm -hmm. They're saying that those loans, the missed payments have to be paid back in a lump sum. Nowhere in the pitch right. material are they saying that it can be paid back on the back of the loan or during a refinance. And guess what, guys? Everyone's house basically in the United States during the uh, you know pandemic, essentially, or I mean, it's still going on, but you guys know what I'm saying. What, real estate's appreciated 26% or something Everybody nationwide? That's what I'm saying. So whatever your missed payments were, they tack them on the back. It doesn't change your monthly payment. So guys, yeah. you've got to cut through the hype and don't believe it. Because if you do then you're going to stop writing. If you believe that the, the prices are going to fall, how comfortable are you going to be selling houses to buyers? Well, right? and you may be making some stupid decisions on your own behalf because you're waiting the market out before you buy investment property, yep. before you buy a house for yourself. When in fact, waiting, the prices are going to continue to go up. And guys, we're going to take a sidestep here. There was an article that came out from Goldman Sachs mm -hmm. and Goldman Sachs, damn, I wish I remembered the percentage. They were, I told you, you remember? It was over 20%. Yeah. They were expecting right. that real estate prices will inflate, though they said appreciate. Uh, inflate is what we say by, I believe it was, I mean, it was I over 20%. It was 16%. You know, I think Julie's right. I think, I think it was 16% in, yeah. in 2022. Which is still unprecedented. Right. So here's what, why the reason we're telling you this is that prices are not going to fall. This inflation that we're seeing now is what was going, we're calling it the great price reset. All the prices that you see rising on food, on car tires, on gasoline, on automobiles, on housing, on housing everything, that is the new price. It's not going to work its way back out. 
That's the new price. That's the way it's going to be for probably the rest of our lifetimes. So that little, like Julie and I's first house we bought for 70 grand, that's now worth 270 grand. Trust me when I tell you, we cannot wrap our mind around 800 square feet being worth 270 grand, but it is. And that's just the way it is. And that's the way it's always going to be. And this is essentially what happens when we were dealing with a lot of inflation. And this inflation does not work its way back out. The government's not even claiming that prices are going to adjust down. It's the expectation that's going to happen because those of us who were you know, alive back during the housing crash, you remember prices falling 20% nationally in some sure. markets. There's a hell of a lot more than that. And then they came back up. So your expectation is prices are going to fall. But prices fell before, not just on housing, but other things as well, for a completely different set and of this reasons. This is not a mortgage-backed security crisis. It's this quite, is inflation. It's quite the opposite. Exactly. I mean, with all this equity that people have in their houses, I know, it's but incredible. Tim, it would be easy to believe when you open your email and you're a you know real estate salesperson or broker, and you open your email and somebody has clipped that headline that foreclosures are up a hellacious 67% year over year, well, something's going to happen in this foreclosure, this coming foreclosure crisis. So you need to buy my blah, 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 fill in the, the list, the, which, by the way, is illegal to sell a list of people in forbearance. But that's the kind yeah, of thing that illegal. you guys are going to see popping up in your email, people prospecting you off of a simple headline that is very much twisted. So let's let's dig in a little bit deeper here. I hope you guys do understand inflation. By the way, I hope you guys do understand. I'm doing it's a not, podcast on it next week. It, you know, I actually was thinking after yeah. talking with Peter Schiff last night. Mm -hmm. I bet you anything if I ask him to do a podcast with us, I'll just go over to that his would house. That'd be awesome. I'll take my rig and we'll just basically do a podcast right there and talk about inflation. Nobody explains it better than he does. You know, I'll text him after this. Yeah. I bet he'll do it. If you guys aren't listening to Peter Schiff's podcast, you should. It's called the Peter Schiff Show. S C H I F F. Yeah, I didn't swear. That's <laughs> no, what he calls it. That's right. It should have been the Peter Schiff Hour Something. or the Peter Schiff Program. <laughs> Why he called it the Peter Schiff Show, and we like yeah, the guy. Yeah. I'll never understand. Didn't think that one through. But anyway, but back anyway, to our it's point. It's still a good podcast. Good okay. podcast. Uh, so states with the largest number of new foreclosures, not surprisingly, California, Texas, Florida, New York, and Illinois, Illinois which also, by the way, are the most populous states so that might have something to do with it. But quoting Rick Sharga, who is executive VP of Realty Track and a friend of ours, he said, despite the increased level of foreclosure activity in September, we're still far below historically normal numbers. September foreclosure actions were almost 70% lower than they were pre-pandemic. Total foreclosure activity is still 60% lower than it was a year ago. Gosh, why wasn't that the headline? Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> I know. Okay. But seriously, why the hell didn't they make that? You know why? Because nobody would click on it. Exactly. Because people know that, uh, you know, the people that write this stuff know that people like the drama. Exactly. And and it's all basically politicized, but really it is just the monetization of people's, you know, Fears. fear mechanism. That's sure. all this is. The fear button. Uh, uh, let's see, whether the, in quote, whether the increase is a prelude to a more serious problem or just a return to normal levels of foreclosure is one of the bigger debates going on inside the industry, said Sharga. And we have discussed that with Rick, and he told us his opinion was the same as ours, that there will not be any kind of meaningful uh, a foreclosure problem or distressed real estate problem. And the simpler answer as to why is because the pent-up demand for people that wanting to buy not just single homes to live in but rental properties is extraordinary. So whenever any kind of inventory comes for sale, you guys know that it's going to get gobbled up instantaneously. Yes, and remember, people have equity. So the article goes on to say the majority of those coming out of the plans are once again current on their payments. That's an important fact. Don't believe people telling you that there's a foreclosure avalanche coming because the forbearance are ending. People are getting current on their payments. Some of those who are not current on their payments are working with lenders on loan modifications. Those who do not contact their lenders or who still cannot afford the payments are either selling their homes 
or going into foreclosure. So unlike the previous housing massive adjustment that some of some people remember, you and I being some of them, you know, these mortgage, um, you know, programs are already in place. Lenders yep. want to modify. That was not in place back in 2008, 2007. People didn't know what to do. There weren't loan mods for a long time. And even then there was 101 different versions of it. And guys, back, just so you're clear, um, that Julie and I are unbiased about this content. Back in 2007, 2008, we were the first national short sale training coaching program. We had the largest coaching program and there were a lot of others that came after us you know, that basically, you know, re-engineered our content and liberated it in essence. But we were, we worked directly with the FDIC. We worked directly with NAR. We direct work directly with Fannie and Freddie. we worked directly with some of the banks. So trust me when I tell you, it's not that we're have some sort of bias against distressed real estate. If distressed real estate were to come around again, it'd be a business opportunity. Julie and I would be the first to tell, uh, scream at you guys from the top of all the mountains, but it's not going to happen. And when I see more of these people coming in, more of these vendors, these people coming into the uh, real estate industry, and they're trying to sell you guys snake oil, and if you've been listening to our podcast for any amount of time, you know it infuriates us. And we're going to cut through this BS every time we see it. That's right. So I'm going to end with a quote from someone else, David Stevens, who is the former CEO of the Mortgage Bankers Association and former FHA commissioner in the Obama administration when all that mess happened. He said, I think the, quote, forbearance cliff will be very minimal. He went on to say, unlike the Great Recession, where home prices dropped approximately 20% from peak to trough, this recession saw home values rise by roughly the same amount. So while we should see some foreclosures, the likelihood that there will be far fewer from a percentage basis due to the availability to the ability to sell a home versus default or stay in the home due to far better workout options and higher re-employment. So what he said in that paragraph really is that What's happening right now is absolutely not in any way like what happened before. He said foreclosure numbers will likely continue to rise through the end of this year, but return to normal levels by the middle of next year, again, according to Rick Sharga. Well, let's also, so I'm going to drill down on something else. There's, mm -hmm. So this is essentially an overview of basically what's really happening in housing and how, I mean, it's, in this article, Diana is d definitely, you know, playing foosball with the facts yeah, a little bit here. I agree. She's not, she's trying to show, she's trying to do, be a, she is a great reporter and she's trying to show both sides yes. of the story. I mean, Diana Olick from CNBC like is great. Yep. But the moral of the story is, is the subject, the headline, I bet you she didn't write. Uh, I, I bet was thinking the same I thing. bet somebody else wrote it just to get clicks. And again, most people aren't going to scan past the headline, scan past the three key points, and they're going to start believing this. And you guys are going to see more and more of these, you know, snake oil salesmen, carpetbagger types that are going to creep into our industry and try to sell you guys fear and panic. And I'm going to tell you the next wave. You look for it. You're all going to start mm -hmm. getting emails for people trying to sell you information on how to get your name on the list with the banks to receive oh, foreclosures. Yes. Because the foreclosures are coming. You've got to be on this list. Oh, yep. my gosh. Fear of missing out. Yep. FOMO, FOMO. That's what they're going to hit you upside the head with with the wiffle ball bat. And you're going to see all of these clowns come out of the woodwork in fourth quarter. They have pretty much every single year since about 2009. Um, and and so, all they need is, is headlines like this. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to yeah. just hunt and peck for little headlines that are salacious, and they're going to try to scare agents. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to sell them some list for $179, and agents will do it. Yeah, and I've already seen it because, you know, licensed. I get this kind of crap in my email, too. Yep. And what they do is they'll clip the headline, and they'll say, according to CNBC, foreclosures are already up by 67% because forbearances are ending. They won't even attach the rest of the article for you to do your own research. Right. So that you'll just believe that 
you know, little piece of crap. But in the time <laughs> we have left, you're throwing down some bad Sorry. words today. Iowa lady. pisses me off because it, it, it hoodwinks agents into thinking, into believing something that is not factually correct. Yeah. And so let's talk about if an agent does come across somebody mm -hmm. who is uh, lost their job, can't make their house payment, sure. and they're in a situation where basically that's their situation. Mm -hmm. You run across somebody that they can't make... What is oh, that? Oh, alarm for everything. Sorry. <laughs> it, it works even when my volume's down. Sorry. That was... What, what is that? Church bells? It's better than the usual thing. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. So you're... No, I want to know sorry. what the alarm was for, but now I actually... It, I'm. No, it's for our mastermind. Oh, that starts in 15 minutes. Yes. Back-to-back -back Zoom Monday is what uh -huh, this is. That's right. All right. But so seriously, so someone comes across mm -hmm. um, a, uh, you know, dis essentially a seller that is distressed. Yes. And maybe, hopefully, they haven't missed any payments. Mm -hmm. So let's let's peel back the layers of the onion, what the agent should do, okay? Yep. So point number one, guys, tell them to call the bank immediately and try to do a, a mortgage forbearance until they can sell the house. And they can do that, and almost all the banks will do that. And that's going to get you a locked-in, sure-fired, motivated listing that's priced right. Yeah, the bank does not actually want their house back. Nope, and the bank doesn't want to do a short sale. The bank sure as hell doesn't want a foreclosure. So I just told you guys how to resolve your distressed sellers, if any of you ever come across any, how you come across that. In back when Julie and I were teaching agents how to do this a thousand years ago, you know, because, and we had See, to learn it because in our coach and when in our real estate business in the nineties. I would say 10% of our normal sure. business because we didn't did enough transactions were short sales. Yeah. So when you come across somebody who lost their job, can't make their payment, you're going to find 99% of the time, even if they only bought the house 18 months ago, they have plenty of equity. They can afford to pay the selling fees and they're going to be able to walk away with a check. Do not tell them to do a short sale. Simply have them call the lender. You can help them do this. You have them call the lender. Have them explain to the lender that they need to do some kind of uh, forbearance Maybe in 180-day well, forbearance on their payments, and the lender will give them a forbearance on their payments. They will then agree to pay back whatever the missed payments were as part of the mortgage payoff, and that's going to be your way out of having to do a short sale. Now, it won't take 180 days to sell even a house that yeah. needs work in this market, right? You can sell it instantly. If you're an EXP agent, you can sell it through... Uh, express offers. Right. Or, right. You can sell it to an iBuyers company, like you know through EXP through um, I, their iBuyer program called Express Offers. And remember so, too, it, it's very unlikely that it would even be a short sale anyway, because e while they were, let's say that you've got somebody that either was in forbearance or they've missed payments, whatever. Meanwhile, month over month, the house's value is going up and up and up. And if somebody was in that situation, they couldn't refinance themselves up to meet you know, the, the level of what the house is worth. So probably 95% of the time, they're gonna have plenty of equity. So be careful not to throw around terms like short sale if you haven't even done the math with them because it's almost, it's, it's so unlikely that it would be short at this point. Uh, for sure. And uh, the foreclosures that you're seeing are some foreclosures that have been, if you're in like New York State, some of these other states who have essentially legally allowed people to put off foreclosures for literally years, like yes. years and years. Those are old ones that these, are coming They're past. still foreclosures. Julie and I used to call it the constipated python. Remember yes. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you're going to see some of these foreclosures back that uh, were initiated with pe people missed their first payments over 10 years ago. Yeah. And some of those are just now working through. And, and so the banks know this. The banks know that the local governments and the you know courts are going to make it so foreclosure is not a viable option. So they're all going to be incredibly amiable to helping somebody work through the problem. All they got to do is drop the word COVID and pretty much the world's going to stop and the bank's going to do whatever it takes. Well, but you are going to come across some prospects, and I've heard this from coaching clients, where the prospect themselves, your prospective seller, 
has some misinformation in their head. Like they have to sell because they've got to make this lump sum payment, or, right. or they, and, which they can't do because who can do that, right? And they've been believing that and they're freaking out. So you've got to have the information in your head that you don't have to do the lump sum payment. You roll it into the mortgage, put it on the back end, or you refi out of it, or you sell the house. Yep. Those are the facts. So I think that they're just like when the forbearances were happening, there was a lot of misinformation. When we're coming out of all of these forbearances, that misinformation is going to rear its ugly head again. And you're going to have to be the ones that educate your prospects. That's your job, providing value, solving people's problems. So make sure that you've got your facts straight. And so here's what you're going to discover when you follow Julie and I's suggestions here. Um, and some of you are coaching clients, so I'll say when you follow our coaching, right, is that you're going to uh, stop shying away from opportunities to help people with more diverse problems. What you're going to discover once you move past your you know, fear of the unknown and you're starting to realize that you can figure all this out, especially as a coaching client, is that you're going to see a lot of these types are going to show up as, uh, frankly, uh, FISBOs and expireds. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a lot of expireds who are listed by agents who did not know how to help that person because of their situation with regards to their inability to make their payment. And maybe this, so what happens is when people are fearful of missing a house payment, let alone miss a house payment, it's been proven. And guys, this is all like baked in information. None of this is new. They stop making, they stop even opening up their letters. They don't answer the phone. They do nothing. So when someone is fearful of losing their house and missing a payment, or if they've missed a payment, they completely turtle up. They shut themselves off to all alternatives. And then that what happens is their situation just gets worse. You can be their knight on the uh, shining, whatever it is, knight on the white knight horse. Or, shining armor. Yeah, you can be the person that solves all their yeah. problems simply by knowing how to, uh, you know, how to solve their problems. And the, the way to solve their problem is by obviously, you know, telling them to call the bank, get a forbearance, maybe help them be on the phone when they're doing it. Depends on what their emotional state is. You can do that. And then um, get the house listed and price it at a point where it's going to sell itself in 22 seconds. And chances are they're going to walk away with a check. We have, we did that when we sold real estate for a number of people, and they became the most loyal people ever. Because when you help someone avoid a foreclosure, even if they've missed a payment, missing a payment, by the way, is something that they definitely want to avoid. But if they did miss a payment, it'll, it, depending on what their original credit score is, they might still qualify to buy a house. True. It just depends on the situation and their overall credit. So again, these are things that you just got to educate yourself on because you're going to see when you start going after some of these expires, which you should be doing, especially in fourth quarter, when you're building your list inventory, that a lot of them were misinformed or not informed at all by their prior listing agents and what they should do. And you're going to be able to say, and you're going to call them up and you're going to use our script. So we teach you as coaching. They're going to say, I would list the house with you. And this is literally what they'll say. I would list the house with you, but I'm afraid that I'm in this situation financially and I have this problem. And then you can say, so I'm understanding that you would move forward with me and list the house provided I could solve this issue for you. And then they're going to say, well, yes, absolutely. And you're going to say, well, I know I can. Yeah. And, and then I'd love to meet with you today at 4 or 430. And then they're going to say, why didn't my former listing agent tell me the same stuff? And you're going to say, I don't know. So is it 4 or 430? Yeah, I'm, same thing with for sale by owners. I just uh, got off of our Facebook Live with our premier coaching clients. Another Zoom. Yes. And one of our coaching clients in New York had two contacts with two for sale by owners. Both of them were in a forbearance situation. Both of them knew they had to sell, but had kind of turtled up, as you said, don't really know what they owe, don't really understand we're going to figure out based on the net sheet what they will likely walk away with. Two contacts, 
two listing appointments. And how many agents? And how many agents were also coming in contact with that prospective seller when they heard that this prospective seller had a problem that was more complex than their skill set? Basically, just ran from Sorry, the opportunity, I can't help you. or didn't call them back, or they didn't know what to do, so they didn't pursue that opportunity. You guys see how there's always opportunity and what and other people's frankly ignorance, and that's in a good way and a bad way. So you're, you're going to make opportunity where the other agent couldn't when you call expired listings because the other agent was ignorant and had to solve the problem, right? So you guys need to fill the the absolute huge amount of uh, you know people in some of your markets that are going to basically be coming off these foreclosures. By huge, I mean by an increase as a percent from zero to where it's going to be well, historically. you're going to come across them versus a few months ago you didn't. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's all. And when you're calling these expires and for sale by owners, it might even be your centers of influence and past clients, mm -hmm. be ready to have those conversations. You are the problem solver. Yes, you, your answer is, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that. Let's look at this together. That's right. And, I, you know, simple. it's amazing to me. Like, this is one of those transitional uh, times mm -hmm. in the real estate market. Like we go into end this year, into the new one. If agents were to drill down in fourth quarter, if agents were to drill down in fourth quarter with the mindset they're going to help every single seller that they come across, mm -hmm. how much momentum they could have going into the new year. I know. It's amazing. Versus agents. So there's there's that group of agents versus the other group of agents, which are basically looking forward to, you know, not working in or, essence. Or some uh, not true foreclosure cliff that's not going to happen. And you can wait for it as long as you want to, but it's not coming. And remember, guys, so, this yeah. is a people helping business. And if you can you know, make 10 contacts between now and the end of the month, and to Julie's example, two of those people were distressed, potentially distressed sellers, and you know how to solve the problem and nobody else did, you've just picked up two listings and, and fans for life. Absolutely. And think of all the people they know and how loyal they are when you solve their problem. So remember your best script. Yes, it is my pleasure to help you. Let's look at this together and then you proceed. So I think we need to get ready for our next thing. We do. And how will that make you guys feel knowing you solve somebody else's problem? Well, I mean, it's incredible. Cool think how much you learn in that process. You're adding to your skill set every time you do say, yes, it's my, my pleasure to help you. Yeah, okay, you have to maybe get a little bit of coaching to help you through that. Maybe you need to, you know, talk to the mortgage company. But you're going to add to your skill set so the next time you come across the same person, you know exactly what to do. And so how many of you are listening right now saying, well, that all makes sense and I think I'm going to do it. But then you're going to go off and watch some video on how to make a great TikTok video. <laughs> Do you guys get the point, the insanity of what's out there? Common sense tells you that your highest and best purpose in this planet, especially with the license, is to help people solve their problems. We just told, told you how to solve their problems. Now, here's your problem. You really don't know how to do it. You still need more coaching and training on how to do it. We made it easy for you. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. And Julie and I are working on a podcast, um, which we're probably it's probably going to be two or three days. And uh, we talked about it on our 90-minute walk this morning around our property, six miles. And uh, it's going to be essentially why, uh, really, it, what it's really, it's a recipe for you to have the most optimistic, most positive mindset going to 2022 and beyond. Because Julie and I have found so many reasons to believe that the next two to three to four years and, and maybe further, definitely further, are going to be some of the best years of all of our lives in terms of uh, business opportunity, despite what the headlines are telling us, despite the inflation, despite this and the other thing, despite all the negative stuff that it just seems to saturate every you know corner of people's minds. We believe that if you're willing to open your mind to the fact that you are in the right place at the right time, you're going to experience 
uh, just an incredible level of success, happiness, and opportunity over the next few years. And we're going to give you, I think, what will probably end up being 10 really locked down reasons why. Yep. And, and they're not going to be fluff reasons. They're going to be practical reasons. So, Julie, we do have to get to that other Zoom. Yes. So, guys, do text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. And uh, we will um, give you more information about our coaching program. Or, of course, you can just go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on Coaching, and join Premier Coaching. You can join Premier Coaching for around $100 a month, so all of you can afford it. So text the word Harris to 47372, or just go ahead over to timandjulieharris.com and sign yourself up for Premier Coaching. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.